and they're not, they're just not reaching for certain things anymore. They just don't want that taste of sweet anymore. And they're recognizing that like, Hey, I'm, I'm actually not hungry. I think I'm just a little bit thirsty, but these are kind of the signs that I, that I notice with, when working with my clients that they're, they're getting fat adapted, that they're, they're in that metabolic state of ketosis where their body's burning fat for fuel. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutritionist, and I'm the host on this podcast. And I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself. And on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, where we look at nutrition and lifestyle as biological information that helps turn on healthy genes and turn off disease-causing genes. We really believe that your lifestyle matters. And I've got a great guest today. This is Kate Jaramillo, and she is a ketogenic living expert. She's a wellness mentor, and she's a host of the Straight Up Wellness Podcast, Great podcast, guys, if you haven't checked it out, Straight Up Wellness Podcast. And she is leading the way in the ketogenic community. She's the founder of Ketogenic Living 101, Ketogenic Living 102, uh, the creator of the Ketogenic Living Coach Certification, and the co-creator of the Keto 40. So she's creating all these different programs. And uh, she just is, is a powerful ketogenic ambassador. And she has got over 400, about 400 ketogenic living certified coaches in six continents. So there's a huge need to get this ketogenic lifestyle information out. And uh, Kate is really leading the way in getting people certified, lay people that you know are out there that are just interested in health. They follow the ketogenic lifestyle and they want to get certified so they can teach their friends, their family members, um, the people around them. They can be an influence in their community and make a living doing it. And so she is uh, able to do that. And uh, She's thrilled to help spread the fat-fueled health revolution. I love that. And so Kate is also homeschooling her kids. We were just talking about that, which, uh, which we do as well. So we've got a lot in common there, Kate. Um, obviously, you know, we, uh, we both love a ketogenic lifestyle. We're homeschooling our kids. We're family-first people. We're faith-filled and, um, you know, just loving life, right? And, and working exactly to, right. to help impact people all around the world. So thanks for joining us on the podcast. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being here. I have been a huge Dr. Jockers fan for many years. So it's such an honor. Well, awesome. Well, I'd love to know more about you and just how you got going and how you got started with ketogenic lifestyle. Sure. Yeah. So I've been a fitness instructor for like 15 years and I was subscribing to um, that six small meals a day thing that like we as fitness instructors were, were taught for sports nutrition. And, you know, I'm originally from Hershey, Pennsylvania, where they manufacture chocolate and it really does smell like chocolate there. And I thought it was normal to always crave sugar and always eat dessert, you know, after every meal. So even though I'm eating these six small meals a day and they're, you know, pretty, you know, healthy whole foods, um, I was still always craving sugar and I was always eating sugar. So between 
working out a lot and maybe just genetics, I didn't really have a need for weight loss. However, I always wanted to look, explore health a little bit more. And so I ended up going through and getting, getting certified in nutrition. And it was then that I learned about the ketogenic diet. And it just made sense to me. It made more sense to me than eating six small meals a day. So I was working with a group of women who had just completely plateaued in their weight loss and their fitness. And it was like, we just couldn't figure it out. It was, you know, we were looking at calories in and calories out and they were working out really hard, but they were totally plateaued. Nothing was moving. So I said to them, listen, like, I know that what I'm about to tell you just completely flips everything that we've talked about nutrition on its head, but it makes sense. And I feel like I can make this work for us. I'm going to create a program. Would you be into being like my beta testers? And nine women said yes. Uh, six of them finished this eight-week program that I had designed with meal plans and recipes and workouts. And the average amount of weight that these women lost was 20 pounds, like after being completely yep. plateaued for so long. And for me, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really about the weight loss, but the mental clarity. I mean, it just, I feel like my, my head just like broke open. Um, I wasn't experiencing that 3 p.m. energy crash anymore. I didn't feel the need for something sweet after every meal. And I just knew I was onto something. And so I've just continued to tweak those programs and build more um, and, and explore more of what my own body needs. Because I think it's, it's been really, this process has forced me or encouraged me, I should say, to tune into my body more than I ever have. So some days I know I need to eat more carbs. And I'm totally okay with that. I don't feel that they're the devil. Um, I just feel that for my body, I enjoy more high fat, lower carbohydrates, moderate amounts of protein, and I'm focused on real food. I feel amazing. Really good, really good. And you said a few things there that uh, you know I can totally relate with. I actually started in the fitness industry as well. I was a personal trainer. Uh, from the time I was 20 to 23, I was a personal trainer. That's what I did for a living, and um, and so I was eating six meals a day as well, uh, doing all of that. And I also spent time. I, I was for about nine years, from age six to age fourteen. I was in uh, the Poconos in Pennsylvania, so not too oh, far yeah. there from Hershey. Yeah, absolutely. And then we moved to Florida, St. Augustine, and that's where I went to high school and undergrad. And you're in Miami now. I am. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. There you go. We got a lot in common. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about, you know, so you talked about you do some carb cycling from time mm -hmm. to time. You know, what I find is that a lot of women, uh, especially like before the cycle, before they menstruate, uh, oftentimes will have more cravings. And so how are you, because I know you're working with a lot of women, especially. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's talk about that and, um, you know, the, how, how somebody can dial into ketosis and then also good times for them to carb cycle and how to totally. Yeah. And I, I really love to help women um, get fat adapted, like mm -hmm. get their bodies used to burning fat for fuel. And it, you know, at that time varies in be like between, you know, person to person, just depending on like what their lives are like, what their metabolism is like, if they've been taking synthetic hormone replacements. I mean, I, I noticed that something like that, um, it makes the adaptation period a little bit harder. Um, so 
you know, I, I like to help them fat adapt before we introduce carb cycling. And during those times, um, like, like right before the week that they cycle, like you mentioned, they are definitely craving a little bit more. So what we do is we focus on preparation. We just make sure that their, their homes, their pantries are filled with foods that they enjoy. And if they are going to go for something sweet, we're looking more at like a fat bomb or like a great ketogenic sweet recipe. And you know what, Dr. Joggers, we find them all on your website. <laughs> we do um, yeah. a lot of the ones on your site. I love um, your recipe for protein bars because I yeah. love that combination of protein and fat for satiety. Yeah. Um, and my, my women really, really love that. Once they do fat adapt, though, um, I have to tell you, it's uh, it's mentally hard for them to overcome um, adding more carbs to their diet because yeah. they're experiencing like such great results, um, weight loss and otherwise, um, with eating really low in carbohydrates. And it's something that I really have to work them through. It's a mental shift that they need to make, and I I'm very conscious of making sure that they have a good relationship with food now and yeah. now and always and they're not thinking that any food is like really bad or rotten um so <laughs> we work on that but then what i like to do with them is um we do we'll cycle their carbs maybe once a week and we yeah. time that with a heavier workout day mm -hmm. so like if they're working out with their legs or you know they're they're doing something that's more strength based we're using some dumbbells we know that they're burning a little bit more calories then what we do is we just introduce more vegetables and fruit <laughs> um it's yeah. sometimes they'll go with some whole grains but for the most part we like to just kind of take a more paleo approach we i've just found with the majority of women that i work with not only do they just feel better eating those foods but because they're developing this metabolic flexibility, they're able to get back into ketosis very fast, you yeah. know, within a day or so. Um, and that makes them happy too, because again, they're just experiencing that, those great benefits of keto that we love. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you, definitely gives you freedom there. And mm -hmm. uh, just like, you know, I mean, I really enjoy the energy and the mental clarity that a ketogenic lifestyle builds. And you touched on a point, metabolic flexibility. Can you mm. go through that a little bit in more detail for our listeners here? Because I think that's that's really what it's all about when it comes to optimizing our health is having this level of metabolic flexibility. Absolutely. I mean, we want to be able to eat whatever we want, right? I mean, that, that's the dream. We mm -hmm. want to be able to have a metabolism that really works well for us, that is taking our food and turning it into energy and doing what it's supposed to be doing in our bodies. We're digesting it properly. We're having normal, regular bowel movements. Um, our bodies are functioning at an optimal level. Our hormones are functioning at an optimal level. And you know, not just thyroid, which is a, a lot of what we talk about when we're, when we're working with women um, and, and you know, estrogen and testosterone, but also like our hunger hormones, ghrelin and leptin and, and our ability to stay full and get full mm. off of the foods that we're eating. So I feel that when we are able to, to reach that, and oh my gosh, and balancing our blood sugar, staying, yeah. like keeping steady throughout the day and instead of experiencing those spikes and crashes, um, I believe that this all comes, all of these like hormones and, the, and balancing all of those is all part of balancing our metabolism. It's what we are working on achieving, again, using our food for fuel. And when we look at, um, like when we tend to eat more carbs, and we're not 
we haven't really developed that um, that fast metabolism yet. We haven't really healed completely, healed our bodies. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get kicked out of ketosis and we don't feel so good. We're feeling sluggish. We're lacking that mental clarity. Um, and it takes a while, you know, a few days, sometimes a week, um, to get back into that metabolic state of ketosis. Because that's what it is. It's so funny to me when I hear people say about foods, well, that's not keto. Right. No food is. Because yeah. <laughs> keto is yeah. a metabolic state. Um, but when we're able to quickly get back into that metabolic state of ketosis where our body just knows, hey, I burn fat for fuel. I don't, I don't burn sugar for fuel anymore unless that's what's in my body and what's available. Then I, I know what I'm going to use. I know I'm going to burn that first, but then I'm going to get right back into burning fat for fuel. That is metabolic flexibility. And that's the dream. I mean, when we can yeah. get in a state like that where we're using our food for fuel and eating food that tastes delicious, I feel like that's a, that's a big piece of living a fulfilled life. Yeah, absolutely. It makes everything so much more enjoyable. And like you said, you know, when you get metabolically flexible and you're fat adapted, it doesn't mean you can't eat, you know, foods that you may have loved before. Yeah. It's just that you don't crave them as much. And on top of that, you want to eat them in a controlled way, you know, in, mm. in a sense, just it's easier to be disciplined. And um, eating them in a controlled way, like you were talking about, maybe carb cycling once a week or, you know, here and there, Um, but your body will bounce right back into this state of fat adaptation and using ketones as a fuel source because you built built the metabolic machinery. And so you mentioned getting people fat adapted before you start implementing the Mm -hmm. carb cycling. So let's talk about that, how you go about doing that, how long a process that usually takes. It can take, you know, I've seen it happen as little as like maybe six weeks where people are really getting to that point where their bodies are just used to burning fat for fuel. Like it is, Mm -hmm. um, they're feeling those incredible benefits of ketosis, which actually happens kind of within the first week after they, they maybe if they experience that keto flu symptoms, like, you know, which is carbohydrate withdrawal and maybe um, mm-hmm. an imbalance of electrolytes where they're not feeling super great. They're maybe sluggish and a little mentally foggy. But once they can get through that, if they experience it at all, not everybody does, um, it's like this rainbow appears and colors seem brighter and smells seem better yeah. and you're nicer to your kids and um, you just feel so much better. Um, but typically it takes somebody like about six weeks or so. I've seen it take other people up to six months to really get into that place where um, they know that what they're eating, they, they find kind of that balance, that good macro balance that looks right for them, that balance between fat and protein um, and carbohydrates. And they're naturally starting to fast intermittently. This is a big sign for me when I'm working with my clients that I know that they're starting to burn fat for fuel. They, I, I personally do not introduce intermittent fasting right away with my clients because I think it's such a big change. And I want to be able to manage their stress levels because stress, the hormone cortisol, um, can kick someone out of ketosis or prevent people from getting into that metabolic state um, because it's throwing off a lot of things, our hormones and our blood sugar and things. Um, so I feel that sometimes when we introduce intermittent fasting right away, it's so stressful for them because here they are trying to make a lot of changes in their nutrition and trying to shorten their feeding window when they probably came from eating and grazing and snacking throughout the day. 
So I know when my clients hit kind of that, like, we've been working together between like four and six weeks and they're like, um, I skipped breakfast today. Is that okay? Like, yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and how did you feel when that happened? And they're just not as hungry. Yeah. Just because more often. intuitive. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're not, they're just not reaching for certain things anymore. They just don't want that taste of sweet anymore. And they're recognizing that like, Hey, I'm, I'm actually not hungry. I think I'm just a little bit thirsty, but mm -hmm. these are kind of the signs that I, that I notice with when working with my clients that they're, they're getting fat adapted, that they're, they're in that metabolic state of ketosis where their body's burning fat for fuel. Yeah, you know, I talk a lot about that in my book as well. There's kind of yeah. two ways to get into ketosis. One would be kind of a gradual ramp up. And, you know, think about it like running a 5K or running a marathon. Mm -hmm. You would never, you know, it's going to be really painful. You could go out and just run it, right? And, 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 and not have trained and go out and do it, but it's going to be extremely painful. It's going to be a painful experience. You're going to be in pain for uh, probably a week afterwards and possibly more, and you can set yourself up for injury. And so it's kind of the same thing here. You could do a fat, you could just all of a sudden, and people do, they'll do a fast or they'll do one meal a day. They'll go right on an extreme ketogenic sort of lifestyle or go right into a fast and it's uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for different personalities, they may, they may want to do that, but you could also do kind of a slow, gradual process, gradually cutting down your carbs, getting into a keto zone, and then being in that state of ketosis or following more of the, the, the right macro cycle for roughly, like you said, four to six weeks to, to really dive into ketosis there. And mm -hmm. depending on where somebody's baseline insulin resistance is from the beginning, that's going to really uh, dictate how quickly your body is able to get fat adapted and get into ketosis. Because if you're extremely insulin resistant, you've got a high level of body fat, high level of toxicity in your system it may be harder for your body to get into ketosis than others. And, and then you also mentioned stress. If you've got a lot of stress going on in your life, it may be harder as well if you're not sleeping well. Um, you know, so all these things work together. And I think that's, that's a big thing. And any sort of dietary change is a stressor on the body. So if you're used to eating breakfast every single morning, and then all of a sudden you don't eat breakfast, that is a stressor. So you want your body to have built up the resilience level to be able to handle that. Um, if you're not used to eating breakfast in the morning and then you eat breakfast, this is what's interesting. Then you eat breakfast, that's a stressor on the body. So any sort of change in your diet is a stressor. We want to build the resilience so we can handle those stressors. What are your thoughts on that? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. I find that, um, like if we're traveling and, or something like that, and we decide that we want to have breakfast because we're wherever we are, I notice that I am so hungry throughout the day. <laughs> like it is completely yeah. disrupted. Um, my normal intermittent fasting cycle that again has just happened naturally for me. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm not hungry until between usually like one and two PM every day. And then we're, we stop eating probably by like eight and that just feels right for me. Um, and I noticed too, so I have, I have a baby and I'm, I'm nursing him still. And I have noticed that even though I, I choose to fast, well, that I naturally fast intermittently, it has not affect, affected my milk supply mm. at all. And yeah. I think it's because I'm so fueled all the time on whole foods and lots of healthy fats. 
Um, so we're, we're never, we're never experiencing any sort of dip in my supply. He's never going hungry. Um, he's always full and satisfied. He is eating, you know, solid foods now. He's eating yeah. like three meals a day, so a little giant. <laughs> um, but, but he still nurses and he still nurses on demand. Um, and I will stop whenever he's ready. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that is a big concern because, because obviously when you're fasting, your insulin goes down. So there's a thought that possibly you may not be able to produce enough breast milk. And I, I think there may be a certain percentage of the population where that's the case. Um, but for most women, they find that, you know, they don't have an issue producing breast milk yeah. and still doing intermittent fasting and following a ketogenic template, a ketogenic lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about kind of a day in the life, like what you're typically doing. When, when do you wake up? What your exercise looks like, your movements, what you're doing with your kids throughout the day, what you're eating, what your typical meals look like. Let's go through a day in the life of Kate. You know what? I wish that I could tell you that I woke up at 5 a.m. and had this great morning routine. <laughs> but the truth is, like, I have tried, and and especially right now with a variable of my son who wakes up at night, <laughs> and we also co sleep. So that's a whole other thing. Like, he's, yeah. it's just a variable, you know? So um, we typically wake up like around like 7 a.m. and um, it's we're just kind of getting up and spending some time together. Um, I go downstairs, we all go downstairs together after, you know, hair is brushed and teeth are brushed and, um, I'm making them breakfast and I sit them. So the baby's sitting in his own little seat, feeding himself. Um, the girls are eating breakfast and that's the time that I use to exercise. So I have an mm. app called Freeletics, um, and it's just guided hit workouts. I could totally do my own workouts. I have a million written. I just like being told what to do yeah. <laughs> sometimes. You so know. everybody's in their seat eating food, right? Yep. And then are you like Everyone's right in front of them? Yep. I'm yep. right in front of them. So like Love they it. see that mom works out. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing probably about 30 minutes of hit while, yep. while they're, while they're eating. Um, and then, so we have our, we're all kind of cleaning up after breakfast. I'm showering. Um, my kids are all like kind of hanging out together. And then we have our educator coming to our home. Mm. Um, so, which is so amazing. I it truly like for those who can do it, cannot recommend homeschooling enough. Like it's just been a game changer for us. So, um, and how old are your children? You have an 11 month old. Yep. I have an 11 month old. I have a five-year-old girl. I yep. have an eight-year-old girl who's going to be nine soon. Um, and I have a 12 year old stepdaughter. Yep. So, um, she's with us every other weekend. So, um, they're downstairs working with her teacher. I am upstairs working in my home office and hanging out with the baby. So um, around noon, we go down and we all have lunch together. Um, and at that point, you know, I'm eating whatever I've made. <laughs> you And we eat super yep. simply, but yeah. all like, you know, like I make a lot of things in my crock pot and yep. we serve it with sides of vegetables that we like and, and some fruit. My kids eat berries, a lot of berries. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we spend a little bit more time together. I might do a little bit of work. So we have a no screen. We have a no TV policy during the week. Um, so after, on Friday afternoon, if they want to watch a movie, that's okay. If they want to watch a movie on Saturday or Sunday, that's okay too. But during the week, it's just kind of a solid no. So a lot of times my kids really value art and I love it. They love to create. So they do like a lot of sketching um, or they, they just are in imaginative play. And even though their brother like bugs them, they're cool with him. <laughs> like, he, um, yeah. they're like, Oh, can you get him? 
but we're, so we're spending that time together. And then whatever my kids' activities are, um, we go to those, come home, have dinner together. And then um, when my husband's home, he usually takes all of them out for to like walk our dog and to just, you know, get out of the house for a little bit. So I can have a little bit of quiet time. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You need that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I do the same. I try to take the kids whenever I can for my wife as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, just that's a day in the life of a female entrepreneur right there, taking care of her, uh, obviously a mom taking care of her kids and uh, trying to get it all in. Yeah. So, yep. <laughs> exactly. So, I know. I know what it's like, especially with the young one, um, trying to make dinner very, very simply. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, what we'll do is we'll just take um, what is it? Applegate Farms hot dogs. Right? Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, grass-fed hot dogs. Mm-hmm. We take broccoli. We throw it all in a steamer. We steam it, and then we put butter on the broccoli, right? Or we might saute asparagus or do something like that, and um, you know, just have all of that. Yeah, right? And then, yeah, the hot dogs are your, your protein. We've got the fat, we've got the vegetables there. And my kids are like yours. They, they love fruit. So mm-hmm. apples, berries, things like yeah. that. That's their dessert. That's basically what we give them for dessert. Same here. Same yeah. here. And so we, they eat all their broccoli, they mm-hmm. get, you know, blueberries and strawberries or something like that. Same. We do the same exact thing. And we've, yeah. I've really like been careful with how I talk to them about food. Yeah. So I used to call things like junk or something like that. And I'm like, mm. you know, I don't want them to get judgy with their friends or yeah. I don't want them to think of food that way. So we call things always food and sometimes food. Mm. And sometimes, you know, when you are at your friend's birthday party, they're going to have food there that we usually don't have at home. Um, and it, it's your choice if you want to eat the pizza or the cupcakes or, you know, whatever. Um, it's sometimes food. It's a special occasion. Go ahead. I will say that like my children have gone from like, you know, being ones that would be like, Oh, I want all the icing or something. They will take a bite of cake or cupcakes or they pass on it completely. And they're like, yeah, yeah I don't know. Sugar makes my stomach hurt. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I think it's so good. It's like, um, you know, as a parent, you want to protect your kids, but mm-hmm. you can also set up forbidden fruit. Yes. You know? Yes. By giving exactly. them choices and just kind of telling them, talking them through the consequences. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure, you can eat that pizza, but you may not feel good later, you know? And then linking cause and effect. So if they don't feel yeah. good, just linking it back to that. So mm-hmm. the next time they're ready for that choice, they've got to think through, okay, is this going to be worth not feeling good later? I think that's that's right. the important thing. They've got to come to the decisions themselves. Otherwise, it's a forbidden fruit and you're kind of setting them up for sabotage later in life. That's exactly right. And that's such a good, that's a, such a good point to make. And I also love that at such a young age, they're tuning into their bodies and they're understanding how food makes them feel. Yeah. I feel like, I wish I would have been taught that. Yeah, you know, my, my mom actually did that with me because my mm. brother would eat a lot of sugar and chocolate and he had acne. Mm, and my yeah. mom was like, that's because he's eating these chocolate bars and this and that. And I love chocolate bars. And I was yeah. like, oh, I don't want to have acne. Right. So I'm like, I'm not eating French fries. I'm not eating, you know, all these different things. And then she did the same when it came to healthier foods. So mm-hmm. she would, um, I remember in the 90s, we were on like a macrobiotic diet. So my mom's oh, wow. a naturopath. So yeah. Um, so she would boil up kale in it. And I actually enjoy kale when it's, when it's like sauteed, when mm-hmm. with olive oil and herbs and stuff like that and onions, 
But back then she made it, it was very, very bland. So the macrobiotic mm. diet was like a really bland style diet. And um, I hated it. And I would always like put it in my napkin, right? And just kind of yeah. throw it away later. <laughs> and, she, and I would I would ask her, I'm like, why, why do I have to eat this? You know, just like mm-hmm. most kids do, like, why do I have to do this? And she would say, well, it's going to have you more, help you have more energy. You're going to, I was a baseball player. You're going to be better at mm-hmm. baseball. You're going to be stronger. And so I was like, you know what? Anything that's going to help me be a better baseball player, I was super competitive. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll eat, I'll have, I'll have seconds, I'll have thirds of the kale. So it's kind of speaking to us, you know, speaking to children where they're at and, uh, and teaching them a cause and effect. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Teaching them where they're at is like, that's, that's so, so, so important. My little one, my five-year-old, um, she wants to advance to like the next level in ice skating. Um, and she wants to advance to the next level in gymnastics because her sister, you know, is there. And we talk to her all the time, like, you know, well, like eat your food, like make sure you're eating your protein, build your muscles, move your body. Um, you know, so she's, she's definitely like conscious of that and make sure that she does. She's like, I'm eating my turkey. (laughs) (laughs) She's picking it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thankfully. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Um, let's talk about like, uh, like quick snack stuff that you guys have around your house. Like what's in your pantry? What are you giving your kids on the go? Obviously you guys have a lot of activities. What kind of stuff do you keep around? We have tons of seeds and nuts, like, and my mm. kids fortunately like really love yeah. them. So we have like lots of almonds and pecans and Brazil nuts and, and um, macadamia yeah. nuts and sunflower seeds. They really love that. And we make like, I'll make, you know, like a keto friendly bread, um, like a seed bread or whatever. And we're bringing that along with us. Um, we like good high quality beef sticks. Those come along with oh, yeah. us. Um, like the my, Paleo Valley. Yep, Paleo Valley. Yeah, those are great. That's our yeah. favorite. Oh my gosh, we really, really love them. Um, so we eat that, those a lot. And fruit. I mean, we bring yep. a lot of fruit wherever we go. So usually, like especially at gymnastics, because my my older daughter is in goes at like one time, and then my younger daughter goes at the other time. And what we'll bring with us is like a bee stick and an apple or something like that. Yeah. Um, and we're all and they drink a lot of water. It's so funny because we'll go to places and everyone's got like juice boxes or the best is like when we're out at a restaurant and they'll like, they, I, my kids order for themselves, which is really awesome. But they'll ask, like a server will ask my kids like what they want to drink and they start, they'll start saying, Oh, we have like Pepsi, diet Pepsi, whatever. And my kids are like, what? (laughs) Like, what is that? They're like, we just have, we'll have water. Or if, um, my, my husband's from Colombia. So if we go to like the Colombian restaurant, they have like these like exotic juices. So that's when they'll get like a guava juice or like guanabana juice or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My kids will do that too. They like, uh, the cavitas. Yeah. It's like a special little treat that every now and then we'll get for them the fermented coconut water. See, yeah, my kids will, they have like one um, La Croix or LaCroix, whatever, sparkling yeah. water um, per day. Like that's the thing that they share together. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> treat for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, great. Well, let's talk about what you're noticing with, uh, with the women that you're coaching and uh, some of the transformations that you've seen when you've put people on this sort of ketogenic lifestyle and gotten their body fat adapted. Yeah, you know, they, they tend to lose the most amount of weight in their first week um, because they're releasing a lot of water and there certainly mm-hmm. is some body fat there as well. Um, and, and it's managing their expectations from there because they do release so much in that first week and they tend to, you know, slow down a little bit. And I also make sure that they are not comparing their journey mm. with anyone else's, but especially not like their husbands or boyfriends or partners 
because you know, yeah. women are on, we're on this 28 day cycle, regardless of whether we still get our cycles or not, our bodies are just different than a man's who's experiencing a 24 hour cycle. Um, so what, what I really want to make sure that my, my ladies are doing is just eating real food, you know, like mm. shopping the parameters of the grocery stores, trying to avoid a lot of things that just come out that say like, Hey, this is keto friendly. Um, yeah. there's like a, there's a bread. I shop at Aldi like all the time and I love it mm-hmm. there. Um, but there's a keto friendly bread, but if you look at the ingredients, it's like wheat gluten and wheat protein and oh, yeah. just things, you know, like things that are like, like they've mm, taken out the starch, but they still have gluten in there, which is exactly. wheat protein that increases leaky gut. So yeah. exactly, exactly. And I also do have my women, um, tracking their macros while they're working with me, but I always say that this is a tool in your toolbox and it's really just for you to learn what your body needs, like what your daily caloric needs and how they change based on whatever you're going through in your life or how active you are or how your body fat changes. You know, we are, our caloric needs, our macronutrient needs change. Um, and so I am, I always ask those biomarker questions like, Hey, this looks, you know, your food looks really good today, but how are you feeling? How is your energy? How is your mood? How is your, you know, how is your sleep? Um, if they're still getting their cycles, making sure that they are still getting their cycles. That actually happened to me. I lost my cycle. Um, Mm. because I dropped down to a body fat percentage that some women can sustain but my body at 13% body fat, I can't sustain. Yeah. Like that's not a healthy, healthy hormones yeah. for me. Yeah. Typically for a woman, a healthy range, is usually going to be somewhere between 15 and, and around 25% or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes even up to 30% depending on the body type. Yes. So I sit around like, depending on what I'm doing and how fluffy <laughs> I'm choosing yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, I sit around like about 18 yeah. to 20 and um, that's great for me. Like I'm able to sustain my hormones that way. Um, but that's it, that's something that's just so important for me to ask my women. You know what I've noticed too is that a lot of women who have um, not gotten their cycles for a long time, they not get it back for like a long period of time, mm-hmm. but they do get it back because you know estrogen is stored in our fat cells. So as we release that fat, sometimes the estrogen is releasing and, and mm. it's causing them to have their cycle again, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. They're, they're releasing, they're cleaning their bodies out. Right. It's just amazing. Um, and, you know, working through weight loss plateaus is something that I feel like I do a lot of, you know, um, and determining whether or not it actually is a plateau. So... Right, because the scale doesn't always tell us what's actually going on in our bodies. Yeah. Um, pictures, how we feel, um, our measurements, um, our our fitness. Like, are we hitting, you know, new personal records mm. in our fitness? But really looking at, like, what actually is this plateau? If you're not, if there's no change at all and you're starting to not feel as great as you were, all right, well, then let's look at some adjustments. Let's look first at life. Like what's going on in yeah. your life? Have there been any big changes? Um, we can look at, at food. I think that I've, I've noticed in every program round I do with clients, I always discover a hidden food sensitivity. Right. Sometimes it's almonds or, yeah. you know, Brussels sprouts or something like that. A lot of times it's dairy. And yeah, dairy. I see so many recipes that um, 
and not, not to knock Pinterest, I find a lot of great things on there, but some things have like, oh my gosh, it feels like 12 ounces of dairy per serving. And I like to recommend my ladies take in no more than about four ounces per day if they're doing dairy at mm. all. I don't do yeah. dairy at all because mm-hmm. I'm sensitive to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's just something to look out for as well. But I really love, it's such a win for me when um, women are really tuning into their bodies and they're able to distinguish hunger from thirst mm. when they're not snacking all the time, when they've, break in, when they've broken those emotional eating patterns and yeah, eating out of powerful. boredom. It really is. It just, it changes their relationship with food. It changes their relationship with themselves. Yeah, absolutely. It's so empowering by, mm-hmm. by being able to, to make that switch. And um, yeah, food sensitivities are a big factor here. Mm-hmm. So um, what, are, what are some of the top food sensitivities you see that people have on a ketogenic diet? You mentioned dairy. What are some of the dairy other? is a big one. Yeah. Um, almonds come and up by dairy, lot. Let's go back to dairy. By dairy, do you mean like dairy protein or do you mean all dairy, like including butter or ghee? No, I have not really noticed it with butter or ghee, like yeah. really at all. Um, yeah. It's really more of like cheeses and yeah. heavy cream. Yeah. Um, I see that a lot and people are loading it up in there. The other thing mm-hmm. is, um, is certain sweeteners. Um, mm. You know, really, it's important to me that my ladies that I'm working with are focusing on like, the, you know, more natural sweeteners, stevia and um, good brands like erythritol and monk fruit. Um, sometimes uh, xylitol, unless it's like birch xylitol mm-hmm. is causing a reaction. And honestly, I, I even have some issues with like birch xylitol. I mean, it just doesn't yeah. feel really great in my body. Um, so sweeteners are a big thing, mm-hmm. especially like the artificial sweeteners we're seeing. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I have noticed a lot of like Brussels sprouts, sometimes mm, Brussels broccoli sprouts. and cauliflower, mm. not always. And sometimes it's just a matter of like taking some digestive enzymes. Yeah. Do you find that they're bitters. bloating? They're bloating or yep. yeah. Bloating. Yeah. So it's probably a FODMAP issue. Yeah. So yeah. Some people have bacterial overgrowth. You know what I find, Kate, is that most people are not producing stomach acid and bile well. Exactly, 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 exactly. We can go into that as well after we talk about these food sensitivities. But yeah, that can be a really big factor because in general, something like broccoli rarely creates an immune response, but it can create fermentation in your small intestine causing that bloating, gas, things like right. that. can cause problems and, and cause inflammation in your body that leads to, to uh, the inability to lose weight. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it's the nightshades, you know, yeah, sometimes yeah. they're, like they're having some issues. Yep. yep. The peppers, the, the onions, the garlic, um, they have some problems with that. Um, I think it just comes down to digestive issues yeah. as well. Yeah. Onions yeah. and garlic are not actually nightshades, but they can mm-hmm. go right back into that FODMAP character. Yeah. Category, right. Cause they're highly fermentable. Mm-hmm. So that FODMAP ca- category, I've seen coffee also. For some individuals, be an issue. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I I have spent so much time with women who are going through adrenal issues, and they're mm. loading up on coffee just to get them yeah. through the day, and it's just it's hurting them even more. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about digestion strategies because mm. a lot of people will say things like, "I don't have a gallbladder. Can I do keto?" Right. Yeah. So I'm sure you're dealing with that a lot. Dealing with you know pretty much just an all women uh, group. Cause there's so many women out there. It's, it's much more common for women to have gallbladder issues than yes. men. Um, and estrogen plays a big role with that. Oh. And um, not being able to detoxify bad estrogens in the system plays a, a very, very large role with that. 
So let's talk about that. How can somebody, if let's say they don't have a gallbladder or perhaps, you know, you're just recognizing signs that they're not mm -hmm. um, digesting fat effectively. What are some things that, that you try to do for them? Digestive enzymes yeah. are, are a huge one. Huge. Like digestive enzyme supplements are really great, especially those with ox bile salts yeah. um, are really good and incorporating bitters. So like lemons into, and mm. it's so easy to have lemon. It's so yeah. easy to have lemon, just squeeze yeah. into, into your, your water. It's so easy. Um, yeah. some artichokes I think mm. are a great form of bitters. One of my favorites. Me too. I love artichokes. Had artichokes last night. Yeah. Mm. Yep, I have it on my salad like all the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but those are two two ways that mm. um, two of the main ways actually that I help women um, incorporate and, and heal their digestive, um, so that they are able to eat these foods mm. um, and not experience the bloating or the um, the running to the bathroom after yeah. eating some fats because their right. bodies aren't digesting the fats. Um, and that's just I, I was working with a woman who worked in like corporate America and would, you know, was working one-on-one -on -one with clients and had to go visit them. And, um, she was drinking, you know, like a, a fatty coffee in the morning and noticing that she was like running to the bathroom. Mm. It was so embarrassing for her because, you know, yeah. it's, she was like barely making it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so once we got her on digestive enzymes, incorporating more lemons, bitters into her diet, she was fine. Um, my mom is actually another one. So yeah. since the age of like 20, um, you know, my mom's like in her seventies now, but like since the age of like 20, she's been on like synthetic hormones and I just, mm. you know, I know nothing, so I can't get her off of anything. Sure. Yeah. Um, but she also ended up having her gallbladder removed like nine years ago. And I keep trying to say, Hey, it's not normal that you're running to the bathroom after you eat like every meal, you know, like they, um, my parents are tough nuts to crack. Um, but you know, I had them, um, following a ketogenic diet for a while. My dad has been somebody who's experienced chronic pain for well, like more than 20 years after like an injury to his hamstring. Um, and I put them, I, on this ketogenic diet, and my dad was finally feeling better. Finally, mm. like, like not experiencing that pain. Now he was losing a little bit of weight and we got to a point where like, he really just needed to maintain weight. Yeah. Um, and my mom was doing really well too. Her digestion was starting to improve. Then my dad got injured again because he's older mm. and he thought that he could just like ride a paddleboard and, you know, um, and so it went to my, back to my mom was responsible for the cooking and she doesn't cook. Like I grew up on a lot of processed foods yeah. and this is still what's in their diet. And they're kind of back into that, that old place again. Mm. My dad is back to having like pain and he's been doing things for pain management. And I'm trying to say like, well, what's, what are you eating now? Like what's in your diet? He's like, well, like I am low on carbohydrates. I was like, well, what are you having for breakfast? Cause that's been his kind of yeah. big meal. He's like, Oh, just like a banana nut muffin. I don't even know what to say. Like, like what's oh carbohydrate God. about that, right? <laughs> right, exactly. He's like, no, I don't eat sugar anymore. I'm like, Dad, like, what's in the muffin? What's in the muffin? Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, but yeah, it's yeah. I kind a lot of, of people, a lot of people think when it means you know they don't eat sugar, it means they're not adding sugar, right? Like, actually, yes, yes, yeah. that's exactly right. And when they say that, like, they don't eat carbs or they're going, they're going carb free. They literally just think it's like bread and pasta. Right. Yeah. 
It's, yeah, exactly. I feel like what we have to do is, is a, it's an awareness campaign. It's really educating it really people. Is. Yeah, it's a re-education program. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're doing with your program. So talk a little bit more about your program for people out there that are looking to just go through and, and follow a ketogenic lifestyle. Let's talk about that program. And then also I want to segment into the uh, coaching certification as well. Yeah, the Ketogenic Living 101 program is a seven-week program, but that first week is a prep week. And it's just getting your your home right like you know your pantry and your mm. fridge and um taking out those like trigger foods and making sure that we are still able especially for my moms that we're able to make this work for your family right like maybe not everyone wants to get on board right away and i get that and there are still ways to add certain like starches to your family meals like my my kids love my husband especially really still loves like beans and he loves rice. And so we incorporate that sometimes in meals that they feel that they need a little bit extra. Um, so that first week is prep week and it's non-negotiable. I really have to have everybody mm -hmm. prepping their fridge, pantry, and their mindset because we're really all in this together. Um, and then the, and then it's a six week journey where um, I house people in an online Facebook community where it's private and I'm in there every day that they're receiving a daily email from me um, which is like education, like, Hey, this is what keto is. This is what you can expect. This is what's happening to your body. If you're experiencing any of these symptoms, it's totally normal. Um, but I'm here for you. So just, you know, let me know. And I do have them tracking their macros and they're posting those, those macros into our private Facebook community so that I can go in there and look and see what they're eating and ask them again, those biomarker questions. This looks good. How did you feel? What's going on in your life? How's the mental clarity? How's that energy going? Um, and also if I can look and find foods that like the Aldi bread, you know, where they're mm -hmm. like, they've removed the starch, yep. but they're still all of the gluten and things like that are there. So typically I find that like, that's a big deal breaker for people where they can't enter ketosis because they're eating these kind of Franken foods, you know? Um, so that's what it looks like. And we're going through this six week process and where they have, you know, meal plans and recipes that go along each week. Um, I try and really make it as simple as possible for people and not introduce a lot of like weird foods or foods that they have to spend a lot of time cooking and yeah. then put it in front of their family. And they're like, I'm not eating that. Um, <laughs> so I've gotten that before too. And I incorporate fitness because it really is, we don't just want to be skinny. We want to be strong and healthy yeah. and daily movement is a huge part of that. Um, so that's what the 101 program looks like from for, for clients when they want to work with me. And then they would transition into a 102 because I saw you have a 102. Yeah. So yep. that is where we, we play with different plateau busting strategies. Mm. So we teach clients, we just experiment for a few days a week with one strategy. So we talk about, we introduce how to do a fat fast, a protein sparing modified fast, an egg fast, a carb mm. up, um, yep. a protein up, an extended fast. So at least, you know, 24 hours. And then we experiment with the carnivore approach and we yeah. do the same type of thing. They're in a private Facebook community. Um, we're tracking their macros. We're looking at their foods. And these are just little tools to add to their toolbox if they actually do hit a plateau. And we really cool. teach them what a plateau is. Yeah. Um, and, and again, because everyone is biologically individual, some people love certain strategies that others loathe. 
So it's cool to see that. And then the, the ideal journey from there is that they'll go into a 12 week diet variation program, which is that carb cycling. They're intermittent fasting. They're eating their ketogenic macros. Maybe one day a week, they're holding a 24 hour fast or maybe they're not. Um, for me right now, I, that's something that I can't do and keep my milk supply up. Mm. So I don't hold a 24 hour fast, but we do then have a feast day where again, we're just eating more good vegetables like sweet potatoes or, um, squash, things like that. Um, and more fruit and, and those fruit, there are so many fruits that are great for a woman's body, papaya and mango and things like that, Mm. that we may not normally eat. They don't really fit in our, you know, standard ketogenic macros, but on those feast days, they're awesome. And I love to introduce that strategy for women to balance their hormones and just stay feeling really good. Sounds like a great program right there, Kate, that you've built. And uh, let's talk about the keto uh, coaching certification as well. Yeah. So this is, it's so amazing. This has been my baby. So um, we just teach ketogenic enthusiasts how to... Um, keep their clients safe, healthy, happy, and, and get them on, introduce them to a, a sustainable ketogenic lifestyle that works best for them. And um, we do this through an online certification. It's all go at your own pace. In this program, we're talking about what keto is and is not, um, how to calculate macros for clients depending on their goals, um, how to carb cycle if that's something that they want to do looking at different goals, whether they are trying to release weight or manage like a, a chronic or life-threatening condition, cancer, or uh, you know something like that. And this, again, is just a tool in the toolbox because we are not medical professionals. And I always encourage our coaches to um, work with their clients in tandem with you know their primary care physician because we're all, we should all just be an advocate yeah. for our client. You know? um, so true. We teach them how to run ketogenic living programs, how to adjust them, and we teach them how to set up their businesses. And again, we do talk about fitness because um, I do think that movement, whether you are doing HIIT workouts or you are, you know, working like in strength-based training at the gym or, you know, you are just walking, um, movement has to happen. Yeah. Yeah, movement is truly life. So it's just mm-hmm. so important. <clears throat> Without movement, really, there's no life. You think about a river versus a pond, right? A pond stagnant. It's breeding decay and death. And, uh, you know, a river is moving. It's full of life. So mm-hmm. total agreement with you on that. Well, I'm excited about your programs. I think uh, your Keto 101 and 102 are fantastic programs for anybody out there that's looking to lose weight, improve their energy, uh, mental clarity, just really looking to jumpstart their life. Um, I think that's amazing. And then for those of you guys that are out there that you know have seen a positive experience with a ketogenic lifestyle and you want to help other people do it and possibly even build a business out of it, then um, Kate has got a, a coaching certification right there. So I get so many people asking me, how do I get, you know, what, what degree do I get? What certification do I get? And there's a lot of them out there, but mm-hmm. it's really not any that specialize in the ketogenic diet. Right. There's a lot of things that you could you could try to get, and I, I wouldn't actually recommend like a, like a dietitian degree. They really mm-hmm. aren't going to teach you anything positive about a ketogenic diet, unfortunately. No, um, no that's really true. <laughs> yeah, there's there's different things in the functional medicine community that people can go through, but uh, nothing really specific to a ketogenic diet. So I'm really glad that you've been able to put that out there. 
And um, what's the best website for people to, to uh, reach you at? It's ketogenicliving101.com. That's where you can find me and contact me and get involved in, in any of our programs and make sure that you guys are taking Dr. Jocker's Keto Masterclass when that is available because that is, I feel like that is the course that you need to understand the ketogenic lifestyle and understand like what's happening with your body and why it is so important that that course is packed with information and also your book, The Keto Metabolic Breakthrough for those who have tried it all and that and the things that work for a little while and then stop working for us it's your body's not broken and you can totally heal it and that's that's what you know you and I I feel like are trying to that's the message that we're trying to get across yeah absolutely that is what we're trying to get across for sure and a lot of the things that you talked about that you're doing in your group are things that I wrote about in my book so we're really in alignment as far as yeah. that goes so, uh, so, so good. And, um, you know, I just want to acknowledge you for being uh, a pioneer, right? An incredible entrepreneur, a pioneer, helping so many women all around the world and helping people become ketogenic coaches so they can, they can spread this fat-fueled mission and, and message. Because I really believe, I mean, when we think about people that are out there, you know, we have so many mood disorders. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just think about mood disorders and anger and irritability and things like that, most of these issues are related to blood sugar imbalances. And if we can get everybody really burning fat for fuel, we can significantly reduce that and just really create a happier world, a more sane world and a less reactive world. And so, you know, by impacting people physically, that's going to open them up to, uh, to being more open mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And I think, uh, it's, it's a great way to, uh, to just benefit mankind and you're really doing it at a high level. So, uh, and you're at the same time raising, raising four kids. So (laughs) uh, doing amazing. You're doing better than you think you are. Oh, thank you so much. I need to hear that. (laughs) I know. I know how it is, right? Some days you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. (laughs) But you're doing a lot better than you think you are. And so. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for coming on. And uh, for those guys that are out there listening, you're doing better than you think you are as well. Remember, we're all in this together and you're more more valuable than you think. So check out Kate on her website um, and also her podcast, Straight Up Wellness, right? Yes, where Dr. Jackers was a guest. I was a guest there. So if you're a (laughs) podcast person, check that out as well. And uh, we'll also have links for her coaching certification and everything as well that you'll be able to check out in the show notes. So until next time, guys, be blessed, go out there and uh, be fat fueled. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.